Is the team ready? Yes. Man, they got computers and everything. These guys are like happening. We learned from last time. What'd you learn? A lot. You from answered a lot of time. questions. Okay, so Did what are we doing? Did you lose it again? Well, I want to go to the other Oh, okay. Do you want to start with that question? Oh, uh, hold up. What number? Oh, the text number? Are you sure you clicked on it? Okay, the number's 520. I forgot it. 210367. No, 520 is the area code in case they want that. 2103678. Yes. Good job. It's not coming up on the screen. 520. If you're calling from Alaska, you got to dial in uh, 520 210-3678. Uh, so give us a call. Or I'm sorry, don't give us a call. Text. You might call that number. You won't get an answer. <laughs> Never you, mind. US. I am messed up. I thought you had questions. Bye. Matthew just left. <clears throat> and just like that, he walked just out like of our that, lives forever. Just like that, he was forever. gone. Okay, so there is a question here. Uh... Children question, and they just watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. And the question is, where is the ark? Does God still live there? And if we find it for real, will we die if we touch it? Does God still live in the ark? Or where the ark is? Does God still live there is this in a, the ark? You said this is a child asking? Yeah, a, oh, a children okay. question. Okay, children question. So, so they had watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. So where is the ark? Does God still live there? And if you touch it, will you die? We do not know where the ark is. So that's number one. We do not know. There's a lot of speculation, but we do know it's someplace. It's, it's hidden, the ark. So, but we don't know where it is. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, I was going to say the communists, the uh, uh, not the mafia. Who was that guy? Hitler and uh, uh, Nazis. There we go. I'm sure they didn't take it and hide it someplace. So uh, I, we don't know. There's a lot of speculation. It might be under the Temple Mount. Some others speculate that Jeremiah took it some cave and hid it. We don't know. God doesn't live anywhere. God is everywhere, but he doesn't live anywhere. And his throne is in heaven. And we will be before his throne someday worshiping him. And if you touch the ark, will you die? Don't know. Wasn't good, wasn't good in biblical times when they touched it. So I don't think it just had to do with raiders. And if you read your Bible when they were moving it and, and uh, those guys stuck their hands out to stabilize it, it wasn't good for them. So I wouldn't touch it if I saw it. So hope that, hope that helped child question. In the last year, I began praying in the morning and at night. I give thanks, ask God for forgiveness for my sins, make my requests. Over time, I have found that my prayers almost sound the same every day, and I begin to feel and wonder if my prayers are too repetitious or vain. In Matthew 6, 5, Jesus provides us with the model prayer. Even if I feel my prayers are redundant, does God ever get tired of hearing the same old thing day in and day out? Should we be praying for the same thing? So on and so forth. Yeah, I don't think God ever gets tired of hearing from us. Uh, scripturally, uh, Jesus said, keep asking, you know, knock on the door. So 
I think sometimes we can feel that way. I don't think God ever goes, oh my gosh, it's Pat again with that same old prayer. So uh, I do, but I do understand how you feel. And you know, whenever I start feeling that way, I pray (laughs) that I would have a fresh way to ask for things. So I hope that helps. And you know what? I, I believe a lot of this is the enemy trying to get you to stop praying. Prayer is important. It's your connection to God. So stay there. Don't give up and don't listen to the enemy. That's a good question and a good answer. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, John chapter 8, verses 6 to 8. And this is when Jesus was kneeling down and writing in the sand. The question is, when Jesus bent down and started writing in the sand, what do you suppose he was writing? Yes. I have no idea what he was writing. There's tons of speculation. Some people say he was writing all of the sins of the men who were there. Others say he was writing out scriptures. Here's the important thing. Where the Bible is silent, it's wise for us to be silent also. So all we can do is speculate, and that's not good. So I know that didn't help you, and I'm sorry, but that's as good as I can do. Good answer. Thank you. Revelation 22. We have two two. comedians tonight. Oh, it's not just tonight. (laughs) Revelation 22.2. In the middle of it, uh, in the middle of its streets, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Why do the nations need healing if they're all in the New Jerusalem? Yes. Man. Great you know, answer. It's interesting, it's interesting how we get these questions when you guys aren't coming up to ask them. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I think the healing of the nations in that aspect is not healing from sickness, but I think healing spiritually and bringing them to the place where they're, they're feeling uh, that they can be comfortable before the Lord. That's my best answer for that, but it's, I don't think it's, phys- it's, I know it's not physical healing because there's not sickness in heaven. So I hope that helped. If we don't attend church in person this weekend, does this mean we're not trusting in God's protection and our faith is weak? Wow, good question, because I know a lot of people are, A lot of people are up in the air. Uh, You know, as I've been saying all along, don't judge those who don't come and don't judge those who do come. This is an important time. I think it's extremely important right now for us to demonstrate the love of God towards one another, the love that Christ has shed abroad in our hearts, and we need to practice love. So if somebody doesn't come, I'm not gonna judge them and I pray you won't be judging them if somebody comes, the same thing. Uh, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a, a sign of being weak in faith. I think, you know, some people, their health is compromised. And frankly, I think the, the media has done an excellent job in scaring us to death over this. And, and that breaks my heart. I, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned and shouldn't be scared. But, but listen, 
don't judge those who don't come. If you feel like you can't come and worship, I think the worst thing in the world would be for you to show up here and be so consumed with if somebody's close to you or if you're gonna catch a germ or if you're gonna get this, that you wouldn't worship. Stay home and worship if you can do that. And I hope that helps. And if anybody judges you, call 520-210-3678 and we will take care of them for you. Got <laughs> Um. In 1 Samuel 17, it seems to be that Saul does not know David when in 1 Samuel 16, it states that Saul loved him greatly and he became his armor bearer. Okay, I'm not, not, I'm not familiar completely with both those chapters. I would have to say, oftentimes the Bible will give you an event and then it will go back and it will cover details. So that could be happening uh, it might be like in 16, it's giving us the whole big thing. Then 17 backs back up to give us some details that happened before 16. I'm not sure. I don't have all of that kind of committed to memory, but that's the best answer I can give you off the cuff. I hope that helped. Isaiah 38. Man, you guys are like in your Bibles. This is what happens when people have to stay in home. Oh, uh, Isaiah 38, Hezekiah was told he was going to die and get his affairs in order. So Hezekiah prayed, cried to the Lord, and the Lord answered him and gave him 15 more years. So the question is, can we change God's mind through prayer? God has a plan. He knows the end from the beginning. I'm just wondering. He knew Hezekiah was going to pray. He knew he was going to give him 15 more years. However, Hezekiah did not know that. Maybe others don't. So can we change God's mind through prayer? Yeah, no. <laughs> Great. How do you like that? That's a new term. That's a pat term. Clear uh, as mud. I'm not sure we change God's mind, but I also think that prayer can make things happen. Otherwise, why would we pray and why would Jesus tell us to pray? So I think prayer is, is, is kind of oftentimes a mystery. I know God knows the beginning from the end. He knew what he was gonna do with Hezekiah. Hezekiah didn't know as, as the person who wrote the question said, but he prayed I'm not sure God changed his mind as much as God changed his course of action because Hezekiah did eventually die. So uh, we can look at it that way. By the way, you might read all of that and find out it wasn't a good time. Hezekiah probably should have gone when God told him he was gonna go because he had a son that was the worst king in all of Israel. So uh, I do believe, let's, let's put it this way, prayer changes things. And let's kind of leave it at that. Does Fair that work? Enough. Fair enough. You're, you're the one answering the questions. I can't comment on your answers. Uh, <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes upon people in the beginning, uh, Acts 1 and 2, his power was shown through people talking in tongues. And it also says, since his spirit is in us, so we should be able to perform the same miracles they did in the beginning of Acts. Why do you think we don't see that in the church today? I think we do see it. I, I think we, do, we don't see it 
exhibited sometimes in a regular service because uh, the Bible's very clear and distinct. If you speak in tongues, that there's supposed to be an interpreter. First Corinthians chapter uh, 12, read that, go over it diligently, and it says there has to be an interpretation. I've had a lot of people say, well, how do you know if there's an interpreter? Well, God would tell you, and God would show you. So I do believe people still speak in tongues. Uh, I believe that, but we have to be careful in not saying that is the sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Stay with us this weekend, and you'll learn something about the Holy Spirit filling us and what the sign and what the evidence of that is. So it's not always speaking in tongues. Paul in 1 Corinthians said, do all speak with tongues? A rhetorical question with the answer, no. So keep that in mind. I know the emphasis in the charismatic, some of the charismatic churches and some of the Pentecostal churches are, that is the sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe they're wrong and uh, they can call me and tell me that I'm wrong and that's okay, but I believe they are according to 1 Corinthians and, and as Paul discusses it there. We're gonna talk about that some this weekend, so come to church or watch online. 1 Peter 3.21. How come he's not getting any questions? I think it has to do with the large ominous text your question. Oh. That was up last time, I'm just saying. Okay, are you not getting any on Facebook? Who are you writing? He's chatting. I'm, oh. So if you're not on Facebook, you can go on Facebook and ask questions. But I told Just everybody not to go on Facebook to watch because Facebook is the evil one good, right now. Good, so good point. So I should we brought the big couch no up one's here. Tweet, no one's tweeting either. Okay, that hasn't happened in years. It's I know, okay. what's up with that? We are the least tweeting church that exists. Do you guys know what Twitter is? Don't Get let, him, don't let okay. him feel bad, so, okay. make you feel bad. First uh, Peter 3.21. The way this verse reads, it could be misunderstood to say that baptism equates to salvation. Since we know that it doesn't, I would just like to hear your interpretation of this verse. Wow, First Peter 3.21. That is correct. There is also an anti-type which now saves us. Baptism, not the removal of ill from flesh, but the answer of people. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven. Okay, just a minute. Okay, you guys have a discussion while I get the context here. Out loud. There's hey, also, do, does do, any, do, 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 do any of you guys do, have do, questions? Do, 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 do. No. Okay, so not the removal. No. Uh, you Bueller. know what, I'm trying to read this quick what? and answer it. I'm not gonna get the context. I do know that baptism doesn't save. I don't, don't I know that, I know that Peter's not referring to that, but I, I'm gonna have to study this, so I will get back to you maybe on a, uh, update video, and I will give you an explanation, but trying to read it and study it here within context is, I'm gonna give you a, not a good answer, and I wanna give you a good answer, so stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you. Um, where in the Bible can I find a verse which warns about us making excessive profit? If there is such a verse. Prophet. 
Well, I would say any verse that deals with greed, if you're being greedy to do it, uh, making excessive profit, uh, if it had to do with being greedy, I, would, I can't think of a verse off the top of my head. Jesus said you cannot love both God and money, and so if you're working to rip people off to get money, then it's become your God. So I would say that verse. But if you're making a great profit on something, I mean, you know, you can say, hey, I invented this thing and the world is willing to pay this much for it and I'm making tons of money. That's not necessarily evil. So I'm not sure I really understand that question. Unless it's excess and you're ripping people off, then... You cannot serve two masters, God and money. Fair enough. Uh, have you read the book mentioned in Knowing God called The Economy of God? No. Okay. It's mentioned in Knowing God. Hmm. I have not read that book, but now I will. Maybe. You'll never know. Uh. The Bible says when believers die, we go straight to heaven. The rapture says those sleeping will rise first to meet Jesus in the air. Then those still alive will meet him in the clouds. So when we die, does our spirit go to heaven? Uh, during, then during the rapture, do our spirits join with our physical bodies? Yes. Perfect. I, don't, I can't fix that. So you said that perfectly. Yes. <laughs> Nothing, really? Nothing on Facebook? No, no questions. How, f <laughs> okay, loaded question. Hey, this is what happens when you tell people to get off Facebook. Uh, how far should the church go when obeying the laws of government when it comes to the church meeting together? Oh, very good <laughs> question, yeah. So I'm sure that has to do with what we're going through right now. Uh, I would, again, to answer what we're going through right now, to me is there was a warning. We didn't know certain things. We needed to be careful about certain things. And the government didn't just shut down churches. They shut down everything. So you got to look at it from that aspect. If the government comes and says, all the bars, all the restaurants, all the movie theaters, everything can open except churches, then... I think we need to maybe not obey the government. But here's the thing. We could still worship. We could still pray. We could still follow the Lord. Read in the book of Acts. Do they come against the government to put restrictions on them? No. How about China? How about all around the world where people are living in, in uh, countries under certain authoritarian uh, governments where they can't do certain things? The church still exists because the church doesn't depend on buildings. The church depends on Jesus Christ and the saints coming together in some form. We have been coming together all through this thing. So I hope that helps. So this question is about loved ones who have passed uh, and died. Uh, so my, like my grandmother would say, was a very loving woman who loved Jesus. I think, uh, I like to think that she's up there conspiring blessings with Jesus. Do you think our family can see or know what is going on in our lives? Are there people waiting for us in heaven? 
And do people go to heaven as they die, or are we waiting for one judgment day? Okay, so we answered the one, do they go to heaven when they die? Yes, your spirit goes to heaven. Are they watching us and waiting for us? I, this is gonna sound a little cold, I don't think so. I don't think they're concerned with what's going on here. When they're in the presence of God and able to worship him in the presence of Jesus and able to see him, I think they're consumed with that and I believe when we get to heaven, we'll have that same consumption with wanting to be at the feet of Jesus, loving him and worshiping him. So that's how I feel. Uh, I think the Bible kind of alludes to that. So again, we don't know. I don't have tons of information about heaven, but what I know about heaven, it's where God dwells. We're gonna be in his presence, so hopefully that helps. Jumping back to a question you had just answered, uh, when we die, we go to be, with to be with God in heaven. Somebody had chimed in and it came in a little bit late. What happens if someone is cremated and there is no physical body? The, it's horrible. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know people ask that and that's a fair question. I'm, I'm sorry I made fun, but uh, that, that's a fair question. But what we need to understand is God can put a cremated body back together. Uh, you know, we can go back to the World Trade Center. When Christians were in those buildings and they were more than cremated, uh, they were, you know, completely destroyed. And God can still put those bodies back together. I know for a long time the church said if you were cremated, that was it. You were showing a lack of faith in the resurrection etc etc and I believe that that was some poor teaching and and maybe just from you know from the culture and the era they lived in uh, hey in Japan right now you don't have a you don't have a uh, a choice whether you're going to be cremated or not so because they have no room to bury people so cremation is the way so yes God can put those ashes he can bring them up uh, Chuck Smith used to say it like this cremation does in 30 minutes what nature does in 30 years. People who have been buried, you know, for, for 50 years, trust me, they're not totally together anymore. So I hope that helps. Uh, Elijah was taken to heaven without dying. Did that also happen to Moses? And were they the two people there with Jesus uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration? They were the two people with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, we do know that because they were mentioned. Moses died. It said he was died and buried, and, but God hid his, uh, his tomb or whatever we want to call it because he didn't want people worshiping Moses. So Moses died. Elijah, Elijah did not. Neither did, uh, what's his name in Genesis? Enoch. Enoch, thank you. Man, we have the people out here helping me. Neither did Enoch in, in uh, uh, Genesis. So we have two people who haven't died. Uh, are they the two witnesses in Revelation? I don't know. You can choose and uh, someday we'll find out. But yes, they were there on the Mount of Tr Transfiguration, Elijah and Moses. And yes, Elijah never did die. Uh, someone is curious if you've watched the Chosen series about Jesus' early ministry. Where is that chosen series? Probably on some form of television. I have not watched it, so sorry. 
I couldn't answer that. Most of those, most of those type of things drive me crazy. So my wife doesn't let me watch it because it costs us lots of money to replace our TV after I throw a brick through it. So uh, no, I have not watched that. Hope, hopefully it's good. Be careful. Here's the thing. If it's something and it's entertaining for you and you're watching it and you're enjoying it and it's fiction, that's fine. Just don't get your theology from it. Get your theology from scripture. Even if, it's, even if it's scriptural, make sure you're getting your theology from the Bible and not from some dramatic interpretation of the Bible. That was a good answer. You guys didn't even say that, man. Yeah. What did Jesus use for toilet paper? Yes. So apparently, <laughs> back to the thing we answered this. We answered this last time, man. Everybody's absorbed with that still. Yes, if you ever go to the Middle East, even today, do not shake hands with your left hand. Enough said. Or during COVID nineteen. <laughs> apparently, chosen is on Pure Flix. Just so Pure you know. Flix. Yes. Is that is Pure Flix a good thing? It's, it's a Christian, Christian streaming service. Okay, I, I haven't heard of the series, but you could let me know. Hey, you know what? When you come to church this weekend, if you're one who's going to come, talk to me and tell me about it. Uh, so, question about Deuteronomy chapter 11. Okay. I understand that this is Moses' final address to the people before they enter the promised land. In verses 1 through 7, he seems to be addressing the generation that would have already died over the last 40 years. Can you clarify? No. I mean, I, again, I'm trying to read it while we're uh, talking, but your eyes have seen every great act that the Lord, what you did. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, he's not talking to dead people. Therefore, he's talking to the, I would say, in Deuteronomy, he's talking about the generation that's going to go into the land. But I'm trying to read this really quick, so. You uh, the whole Bible memorized? I don't, but you know what? Again, let me read this in context. That'll be a video tomorrow or next week, and we'll get back to you. Sorry, sorry I can't answer that, but if I try and read this whole thing, it gets too quiet. These guys won't, like, visit with each other. So I'll read that and get back to you. Okay, question, and this is going into Luke chapter 16. In the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, it states this all takes place in hell. Hell, Sheol, and Hades are all mentioned in this area of my Bible. Sorry. That's okay. Please provide an explanation for each of these places. Okay, what am, I, what am I explaining? Okay, rich man and Lazarus. I know that. Okay, takes place in hell. Hell, Sheol, and Hades are all mentioned. Could you give an explanation for what each one of those is? Yes, each one of those is a place of the dead. So, so here's the thing. When we hear the word hell, we think of the lake of fire where eternal torment takes place forever and ever and ever. So hell is a place of the dead, Sheol's a place of the dead, and Hades is a place of the dead. So 
when you think of it, place of the dead, and then it seems like part of it is for those who are suffering, and some people disagree with this, by the way, but I believe this. Part of it, according to this parable you're talking about, part of it is where people are suffering for their sins. They're still not in that eternal lake of fire yet. They will be resurrected, brought before the judgment seat, the great white throne, then sent to everlasting punishment. And then there are those who, like Lazarus, who are before the Lord, and uh, they're in Abraham's bosom until Jesus comes and dies, and then he leads all of those to heaven. So basically, Sheol, hell, and Hades are synonymous terms used to describe the place of the dead. Hope that helped. You have a confused look. Did I not answer that, Rob? Well, no, I just have weird things popping up on my computer. Oh, okay. Two questions. How is Christ building his church today, and what will Christ do in the future? Christ is building his church today through the same method that he's built his church since he resurrected, resurrected by putting our faith in Jesus we become part of the church. And, you know, once again, the church isn't buildings or institutions or whatever. The church is the body of Christ. And he's going to build his church this way until he comes back and takes his church into heaven. So I don't think there's going to be a different plan in the future. It's the same plan through the gospel, through the preaching of the gospel. Jesus Christ builds his church. By saying that, The preaching of the gospel isn't something that just takes place behind a pulpit from a pastor. We all preach a gospel when we share the good news with somebody. So, hope that helps. Is scripture sufficient for today or does God provide private revelation to people? Yes, scripture is sufficient. No, God does not provide private revelation. Can God show you something for you to guide you and direct you? Absolutely, but there is nothing added to Scripture. Scripture is sufficient for our relationship. And then second part of that, do apostles exist today or did that end when the last apostles died? I believe, again, it can depend on, uh, a lot of people put it this way, are we talking apostles with a capital A or apostles as sent ones, because there's a big argument. Every one of us is in some way, and especially missionaries, are sent ones. We're sent to go share the gospel. So in that sense, yes, there are apostles. In the sense of the capital A, the 12, however we want to count them, however you put them together, uh, no, that died. Remember when they were replacing Judas, they said, and here was the qualifications that you had to be with Jesus and you had to see him and you had to uh, see him before or after resurrected like Paul saw him, but you had to physically have a relationship with him in order to be an apostle and be taught directly by him. So I don't think there's any today. Okay, here's a question. It says, we are still fairly new to Calvary Chapel. The Bible talks about helping the poor over 300 times in the Bible. Could you tell us what ministries Calvary Chapel Sierra Vista has to help the poor within its own church body and the city of Sierra Vista? 
Okay, we help the poor within the own church body. We do have a benevolence uh, ministry that we want to help people. We're there for people. As far as the poor in Sierra Vista, we are directly involved with several ministries that have ministries towards the poor focused in that area because we feel they can do a better job than we can. So we're, we uh, financially are involved with Salvation Army, Good Neighbor Alliance, where we are using that part of, of the arm of the body of Christ as an outreach into the community. And, uh, we, f- and we feel that's sufficient. And we're also reaching the poor by every one of us involved in this ministry who go out and do it ourselves. Remember, it's not just what is the church doing for the poor, it's what am I doing, because I'm part of the church, what am I doing for the poor? And I think that's important to remember because oftentimes we say, well, the church isn't doing anything, when in actuality it's not us doing anything. But we are involved. If you feel like there's something we need to do, hey, let's sit down and talk. We're open to it. We did do citywide kind of outreach benevolence for a long time. It got insane here. Every Tuesday we had lines out the door waiting to come in to fill out applications. So that's why we decided to go with Salvation Army and Good Neighbor Alliance and put our funds towards them and their work that they're doing. So I hope that helps. You cannot laugh at this question. I I won't. What do you think would happen with wild animals when they die, such as a wild rabbit? Do they have souls and do they go to heaven? I do not know that. You know, I know that our loved pets are in heaven and uh, we all know that. So uh, uh, a wild animal, wow, I don't know. You know, that's, that's one for the Lord. Here's the interesting thing when we think about that, and I use the same thing for our pets, and I know a lot of us, we get attached to our pets and we care. I don't think a lot of us are that concerned about wild animals. But for this person who's concerned about a wild animal, when you read Revelation, it seems like there's wild animals in heaven. They had to get there somehow, so... I don't know. Why do some churches pray for dead sinners? I believe that those prayers will not save them. They should make the choice for Christ before they die, too late after death. What is the basis for this practice? It seems very strange. Yeah, yes, I agree with you, and I don't know what the basis is. I don't think, it's not scriptural, it's not biblical. Uh, The Hebrew says you're, to die once and after that face judgment. So I leave it at that. And so I can't, I can't answer why those churches do that. I think I know some scriptures they may use to base that on, but I don't want to give those scriptures out because I don't want us then to try and manipulate them. They manipulate scripture and abuse it, but I hope that helps. What advice would you give a teen about receiving Christ as savior? And you cannot say do it. I cannot say do it? No. Okay, then I would say this, just do it. No. <laughs> uh, what advice would I give to a teen? Well, I mean, you gotta sit down and have a conversation with them and talk to them. Explain to them, you know, the, the uh, consequences of living a life of sin, of rejecting Christ, what they're rejecting, what that will mean in their future, 
And I would also caution them, hey, you reject doesn't mean you're gonna get a second, third, fourth, fifth opportunity. You may die tomorrow, even though teenagers think they're invincible. When I was a teenager, I thought I was invincible. Uh, when I was 20-something, I thought I was invincible. When I was 30-something, I thought I was invincible. I'm 60-something, and I think I'm invincible. So we never want to think of that tomorrow could be our last day. But I would talk to a teen very serious about that, especially, especially a teenager. So, and then I would say, just do it. Here's a question about the end of times, and it reads, what should we do if we have to get chipped because of the end of time? And I think it's referring to like if we have to get a chip, microchip put in us to be able to, to buy or sell or so something right, like right that. So now, right now there's a big thing. I'm, I'm sure this question might be coming from that. There's a big thing that if you get the, that someone's going to come up with a, a vaccine for the COVID-19, and they're gonna give you the vaccine, they're gonna insert a chip and tattoo you, and that's gonna be the mark. So, uh, yeah, you haven't heard that? No. Man, where are you at? Was that on Twitter? Yeah, it was on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, when the mark comes, you're gonna know the mark's coming, you're not gonna be tricked into it, it's not gonna be something, you know, that, uh, that the devil's going, oh, I got you. And as I understand scripture, that takes place after the church is raptured. So I'm not real concerned about it. I do believe if someone came and told me, you've got to do this or you can't leave your house, you can't buy, you can't sell, I think I would be on my knees at that point and be a little bit concerned about that. But be careful, in my generation, I have, you know, well, before my generation, it was the social security number was the mark of the beast. Then it was credit cards. Oh my gosh, you got a credit card. Then it was bar, then it was the little barcode and oh, they're using barcodes in stores. Some of you don't even know, I can't imagine not having that. But then it was barcodes and then it was this. So be careful is all I would say. But if they're telling you, you cannot leave your, and that's the scary part. Right now, with everything that's going on, if they came to us and said, here's the cure, you cannot leave your house unless you take this cure, which means you cannot buy or sell unless you take this mark on your arm or in your forehead, then I think we could be a little bit concerned. Galatians 5.24. Okay, I got that one right here. Oh, okay. This sounds like a lifelong process once you are born again. Comments. Come to church this weekend. That's it? That's my comment. We're covering that this weekend. So I'm not going to get... Sorry I don't about give, that. I don't give my stuff away, man. <laughs> I want you to show up for church. So watch online or come to church. How was that? Fair enough, I tell guess. Them, tell, tell them not to be mad. Don't be mad, whoever you are. I'm looking at this. Don't be mad at me, but come to church this weekend. Or attend online. You don't have to come. Yes, you can watch online. But okay. I'd rather see you here because you asked the question. I want to know who you are. Okay, couple of questions about heaven. So okay, we have to hurry. I, I know. These are my last two. Um, 
if there is no more pain in heaven, do you think our loved ones there miss us here on earth? And if so, are they sad missing us as we miss them? No, I don't think they miss us. I don't think they're sad. Uh, again, as I said, they're in the presence of God. So what could not, you know, how could anything disrupt that? So no, there's no more pain. And here's the cool thing. I think God's gonna do such a work in us. When we go to heaven, we're not even gonna know who didn't make it to heaven. I mean, to me, I think of things, I have, I have loved ones, I have family members that are not saved. I have family members who have died and are not saved and it grieves my heart. But when I get to heaven, I'm not gonna be in heaven for all of eternity missing someone from my family. And I mean, that wouldn't be heaven to me. So God is going to do some kind of restoration in us that that is not going to be something that influences our being with him forever and ever and having no more pain. All right. Um, if we have a loved one who was young and committed a big crime, they killed themselves, and we're not sure if she had a relationship with Christ, would she go to hell or heaven? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a tough one. Here's the thing, she's not gonna go to hell because she committed suicide. That much I know, you know, so rest assured in that, uh, if she had a relationship with the Lord or not is the question, and, and also it could be some age and, and, you know, quote, the age of accountability. I don't wanna get into all that tonight, but you need to rest assured Always rest on this, what we know. And here's what we know. God is faithful, God is just, God is good, God is righteous, God is loving, and you gotta commit that to him. Uh, again, not knowing the situation, not knowing the person, and even if we know the person, maybe right before they committed that atrocious act, they called on the name of the Lord. Uh, here's what I'm convinced of. I don't care when you do it, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. I know some people get real mad about that. You're telling me someone could live a horrible life all of their life, and right at the end, man, right before they go, they go, Jesus, save me. I confess that I'm a sinner, and I want forgiveness, that he would forgive them. Absolutely, he will. And we need to understand it, and don't get mad about that. You know, if you're somebody that you get really mad, well, they lived that way, and, and then right at the end they did that, then you know what, I gotta question your salvation because you're implying that you would rather live in the world your whole life and come to Jesus at the end. Here's what I know, the years that I've walked with God have been the best years of my life, the most productive years, and the most joyous years, so I wouldn't trade that for anything. So I hope that helps. Okay, so kind of tacking onto that, somebody asked, are the people who have never heard of God going to hell? That doesn't seem fair. Uh, hmm. It's not up to you to decide what's fair and what's not. So here's what I know, I'm going back to the thing. God is faithful, God is just, God is righteous, God is going to do the right thing, and I'm leaving it at that. If you're that concerned about people who haven't heard and you're concerned about fairness, why don't you dedicate your life to reaching those people who have never heard? There's this whole thing in, in uh, missionary world and in world missions called the 1040 window. Get involved in that, find out where they are, and you personally go tell those people who have never heard, and then you can ask that question. Love you. All right, two more questions. Oh, that's okay. Huh? Okay, hurry. Two more? 
Do believers who drink a lot of alcohol or even alcoholics go to heaven? Yeah, uh, you know what? Drinking alcohol or being an alcoholic doesn't keep you from going to heaven. Not knowing Jesus keeps you from going to heaven. That's important. Always keep that in mind. And hey, some people have, you know, the whole genetic, I don't like to call it a disease. Uh, I come from a family of alcoholics, so I can speak to this. My, uh, and I don't want to get into detail, but it's rampant in my family. I believe there's a genetic makeup in people that causes them to have that propensity where uh, one drink isn't enough or one drinks too many and a hundred isn't enough. And they have that genetic makeup prone to alcoholism or addiction. And that's not what keeps a person from heaven. What keeps a person from heaven is rejecting Jesus Christ. Is it sin to be drunk? Yes, you're committing sin. Uh, Does that sin keep you out of heaven? Last time I checked, it wasn't the unpardonable sin. Do I believe that you shouldn't be drinking? Yes, I believe you shouldn't. I have a propensity to be an alcoholic. I'm not gonna drink, and that is gonna keep me from becoming drunk. And the last question, good questions, guys, well done. I realize every commentary will say something different, but what's your best guess on rapture? Pre, mid, or post? Oh, I don't guess about the rapture. (laughs) My my firm belief is pre-trib, for this one reason, and I think, I think this is important, the pre-tribulational rapture out of those three that you just mentioned, the pre-trib is the only one that Jesus could come back at any moment. Nothing else in the prophetic realm has to happen before Jesus can come back if you're a pre-trib. If you're a mid-trib, you gotta go through part of the tribulation. I don't understand why you would wanna do that. I don't even understand that position. I, under, I know theologically what people say, but it's just weird. And to me, the post-tribbers, wow. I was a post-tribber for a long time. And all I can say is, wow, because of this. Every post-tribber I know is looking for the Antichrist rather than the Christ. My Bible says, look for Jesus, that's what I'm doing. So I am adamant about a pre-trib rapture, and I could be wrong, but I bet I'm not. 